Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Got some black pepper here. You'll have to take my word for the fact that there's some in the palm of my hand. As I vacuum this up, presto changeo, all the black pepper's gone. Why? Because we applied a vacuum to it and it was no more. My fear is that we have been generationally lulled into a state of a truth vacuum in this nation and in our culture, in our city as well. And we are in a vacuum for what is, what is real truth, I think, and are struggling in where to find it. And that really shouldn't be a struggle at all, uh, especially for those, those of us who call ourselves believers. Turn, if you will, to Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. Our time is going to be spent here today talking about this truth vacuum and how to respond to it, how to step into it and speak truth into situations that are where truth is warranted. And there are many in our culture where truth is needed and warranted. Verse 1 of chapter 4, 2 Timothy, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them, gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn, turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an, of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Now this is, of course, Paul writing to young Timothy about Timothy's ministry, but through this writing as well, he's speaking to each one of us here today about this, this truth vacuum and how we step into it and how we speak to it. Four things today I think we, we can glean from this text, among many more, before it's what we have time for today. So we'll look at these four. A truth vacuum starts with a reference point. It starts with a, re- a reference point. Look at verse 2. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Preach the word, be prepared. Everything starts from something. Life starts from a fertilized egg. And according to Psalm 139, that occurs at conception, not at birth. It's when life begins. Uh, An apple tree comes from an apple seed. Uh, A tree don't grow, grow by itself. has to have something initiated, and the seed is that. A river starts with a drop of rainwater, one drop, and many follow, and the stream turns into a river, and the tributaries empty into the river. Uh, There's there's a reference point for all of life and all of time. It is the scripture. All of life in the sense that it gives life from the garden forward. 
and all of time in the sense that we are seeing unfolded in our day, I believe the last days and are nearing the end times in our culture. We're seeing that prophecy fulfilled. Now I say all of life and all of time, you can side on this where you want to side. I'm a, I'm a believer in the fact that the earth is several thousand years old, not several million years old. Here's why I believe that. It's because I believe the scripture teaches that to be true from the garden forward. Uh, I also had a conversation with a, with a uh, fellow who used to be in my small group, uh, had a PhD in chemistry, and I asked him, I said, how are things dated? Because we're, how do you compare something to something else to see how old it is? And, and explain to me how carbon dating works. He said, well, Tim, of the four or five methods that are commonly used to date things that are found underground or whatever else, he said, carbon dating is the least most accurate you can trust. And this is from someone with a doctorate in chemistry. Yet, that's what's used to date items that are found underground that are supposed to be millions of, year, of years old. And I'm not going to get sideways with you if, if, you, if you're a several million years old person. Well, no. That came out wrong. <laughs> if you believe the earth is several million years old, I'm not going to get sideways with you about that. I just believe it's several thousand years old because I believe that's what the scripture teaches. We can agree to disagree on that. If we do, it's, it's fine. No problem. Um, but the instruction, the instruction here is for the word to be preached. And that's actually a twofold process when the word is preached. It, the first of which is this, is that the word is heard. And secondly, that the word is heeded. Put another way, it's, it's acknowledged. Then once it's acknowledged, it's applied. It's put into place. That, 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 that preaching of the word demands those two responses. Listen to what James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25 say. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. He's saying that be doers of the word and not just hearers. I said a couple of weeks ago that we we're in a battle in our culture for truth. And I believe centrally that battle is around this book, is around the, the uh, truthfulness and the validity and accuracy of this book uh, because we, we, as I said everything has a reference point and our reference point as believers I think has to start and end with the scripture about it not being just a source but the source of absolute truth it's the standard it's the reference point for all of life and all of life's decisions and if we as the church ever forget that and some are and have if we ever forget that and, and try and find a cheap substitute for what the scripture says where we all feel better about ourselves. Woe is us. In fact, um, I believe that's happening not only in our culture, but sadly in church after church where we're uh, preaching what is culturally accepted instead of what is biblically true. What is biblically true is true whether we like it and whether our lives align with it and whether, whether we agree with it or not. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of times I look at this book and I don't like it because I don't look like it. And I would rather look like it and like it. But as I read this book, I find myself needing to be adjusted, not the, not the things that God has said in his word. So it is not just a source, but the source of absolute truth. And when we stop do, believing in that and practicing that as, as not just the church, but local churches, we're going to find ourselves 
off the field, off the bench, out of the game, in fact, out of the stadium. God will ride Ichabod over the door of us and be through with us when we, when we, if we come to a place where we stop believing and standing for truth and the word of God. If we ignore his word and his influence, uh, he'll, he'll see to it that that influence is negated and, and goes nowhere. And sadly, there, there are church after church and, and denomination after denomination in America where I believe that's already happened, where God has said, I'm through with you. I'll, I'll let you float, float around and do what you want to do, but I'm through with you using you as an influence in our culture. And it, it breaks my heart to say that and admit that that's true. But a truth vacuum starts with the reference point. Secondly, a truth vacuum focuses on feelings over facts. Focuses on feelings over facts. Look at verse 3. says, For the time will come, and people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers that say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, surround themselves with teachers to say what they want to say. There was a phrase that was given birth to in the late 1960s that said, if it feels good, do it. Um, many of our belief systems, I believe, are centered around, sadly, that, that principle or that truth with no regard as to whether it's legal or illegal, no regard as to whether it's right or wrong, no regard as to whether it's good or bad. In essence, what I feel trumps what is real. It trumps what is even right, what I feel about it does. And so much so that I find teachers that don't just ignore the truth, don't just ignore the reference point, but make up a new one to where it is, it is, uh, it's, it's a new concept and more palatable to my lifestyle. Uh, it's it's a, a new and alternative truth, a new and alternative way to, to happiness. It says in this verse, for the time will come. Can I share with you today? The time has come. We're there. We are, we are living the truth of, of this verse, verse 3 today in, in our culture. And the teachers he's talking about aren't just pastors. It's, it's true that he's talking to pastors and, and those in ministry. But it's not just pastors. I think, I think the truth of what he's writing about is applies to tens of thousands of college professors and colleges across this land that are speaking and te teaching alternative truth to absolute truth. Regardless of the subject matter, it finds its way into, into any college classroom anymore. And sadly, uh, we have young minds full of much believing that junk and applying it into their life, into their world, into their, into their worldview, into their, into their vocation. And we're living those days uh, right now. Karl Marx said in his Communist Manifesto that if you wanted to control a nation, you would first get, in, get control of its educational system. That's happening and has already happened in many areas. Um, that day is here. And friend, it's past time for the American church to get woke to that truth. Don't be, don't, don't be naive. Don't deceive yourselves. Know what's around you. Know what's being taught around you. Uh, I was talking with Courtney just a second ago about her expected baby. I'm expecting another grandchild soon too. Little girl this time, by the way. Not that she'll be spoiled at all. But it, it grips me to think of the world they're going to grow up in. Even so, come quickly is what I say. 
But it's your job and my job to prepare this coming generation to have spines full of concrete and walk in a world that's blown to and fro and doesn't recognize what truth is, wouldn't know it if it hit him in the face. Uh, but that, that, that day that he's speaking of in, the, in this verse, in verse 3, is this day, is our, our day today. Uh, focuses on feelings over facts. Starts with the reference point, focuses on feelings over facts. Thirdly, a truth vacuum has to have an alternative. It has to have an alternative. Look at verse 4. He says there, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now notice that they don't turn away from truth and into a bold-faced lie. They turn from truth into a myth, into, in, in essence, into an alternate truth, into truth defined another way, into another truth. Lies, consider this with me, that lies that are plausible enough to be defined as myth are still in the end a lie. What we can call it a myth if we want to, but lies that are, that are plausible enough, believable enough to, to be an, an alternative truth and referred to as myth are still a lie in the end. However, uh, an alternative truth, if it's even somewhat plausible, then there's room, at least in the pagan mind, um, there's room for, for actual truth to be questioned, for it to be doubted, for it to be set aside. So then the only thing, if that's true, that the, the, the tolerance crowd and the co uh, coexist crowd, the only thing that they're intolerant of is an absolute truth of what the scripture says. Because your lifestyle and mine is, if it is based on this book, uh, that they're going to draw this book into question. And, and as I said, I, to begin with, I believe that's what the battle is really over, is the truth of Scripture. Uh, I've shared this story before. Some of you may have seen it and been familiar with it when Billy was alive. But it uh, strengthened my heart to watch Billy Graham go back and forth with Larry King several times on TV. Larry would have him on to talk about cultural situations that were going on. And, and Larry would always ask the question, Reverend Graham, do you think that such and such? And, and Billy's answer was always, well, the Bible says. But do you think, what do you think about what well, Larry, the Bible says? And every, <laughs> every question, Billy, what do you think? Billy would come back with, what well, the Bible says. And that, friend, is your method, should be your method in mind to what this culture is wanting us to swallow and believe and, and, and absorb as, as truth. Uh, we are, we, in fact, we don't even need so much to defend the scripture. It defends itself. Uh, all we got to do is walk it out, live it, speak it, don't be ashamed to, to, to bring it into the marketplace. Uh, but it's, uh, our opinions are not important in debunking false truth in debunking a lie. The word can do that totally on its own and will every time it's presented. Here's the thing that, that you and I can't see and the world won't see is that not only will it defend itself and, and apply itself every time it's, it's spoken into, into a situation or into our culture, not only that, but the Holy Spirit is faithful to guide that to, at the time and to the heart that it needs to go to. He's faithful to send it where and when it needs to go exactly in the right time and exactly in the right way. If we'll trust him to just get the word out, he'll use it every time, at least to those that are, that are open to it. Now, a truth vacuum starts with a reference point, focuses on feelings over facts, has to have an alternative. But fourthly, a truth vacuum requires an awakening. It requires an awakening. Look at verse 5. But you, 
Keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. You, he says, keep your head, you believers he's talking about, keep your head in all situations. What does it mean to keep your head in all situations? Well, it means to stay awake, to stay aware, and to stay alert to what's going on in the culture around us. We've got to stay awake, aware, and alert to what's going on around us. Sometimes that requires a little work on our part to dig a little deeper than just what we see on Facebook and just what we see in, in the mainstream media. Sometimes it requires, it requires a, a, a little or sometimes a much deeper dig to get to the truth, to get, to, to get beyond the rhetoric to see what, what things are really about and to see where the motives are. And that's really what is of essential importance in all this. What am I talking about? Let me give you an example. A word that's used, a term that's used a great deal in our culture now is equality or and or equity. Uh, it sounds good on the surface. In fact, in many ways, it's, it's scriptural. Scripture teaches us that there's neither slave nor free. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. For God looks at us the same through the, the common lens. No, no black, no white, no color, no status. He looks at us the same through a common lens and died for all of our sins and, and wants to redeem all of us. Yet, uh, if you dig, dig a little deeper, you, you, you will understand that the pagan left uh, doesn't mean those same things. They don't mean looking for an equal chance or an equal opportunity uh, to become all a person can be. What they're looking for is that everybody has equal outcomes and equal incomes. That being the case, um, in fact, that's, that's a, another example of where the everybody gets a trophy crowd comes from, is that we're all, we, we all regardless of effort, uh, get rewarded in, in the same way. Um, and and that's, that's why this kind of awakening, as I'm talking about, is required. That's for us to see the things that are going on around us and be awake and aware and alert to those things. Now, notice also what he says in, that follows keeping your heads. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Keep your heads because life and your situation, your culture is going to be hard to, to, to live with, to walk into, to speak to. But why? Because those around you are lost. Endure hardship because you need to do the work of an evangelist. Endure hardship. Step into a hard culture. Step into hard disagreement with you because that person is lost and needs Jesus. Not because you need to set them in their place and put them in their place, but because they don't know Christ. And so in sharing truth and walking out truth and living it, speaking it, and applying it to our lives, our goal is for them to see him in us, not hear the truth from us, but to see him in us. Uh, this lost world, speaking scripture into it, into controversial situations is a challenge sometimes. I get it. I understand it. Uh, it's never easy, but the lost world around us, at least the reachable ones, will never see Jesus apart from this, from our living and sharing and walking in the truth of scripture. Now, let me state the obvious as we wrap up, and it's this. Our culture is in a truth vacuum. It's in a truth vacuum, and the church is no exception to that truth vacuum sadly. Um, and not only is that true, but if we aren't the solution, you and I are part of the problem. If we aren't the solution in speaking truth into, into the lies of a culture and the myths of a culture that he's talking about here, into, into alternative truth, if we're not faithful to speak into that truth, we're part of the problem in absorbing it and just saying, well, that's just, that's just the way of the world now. Yes, it is, but it's still evil and it's still wrong and it's still sourced by the, our enemy, the devil, who, who speaks nothing but lies. 
So it's our call to step into that truth vacuum. So here's the challenge today. And I want to bring that down, bring it down to a, a cross point level. And those of you who are joining us, by the way, the live stream, if you're hearing truth here, don't just agree with it. Do something with it. If you're hearing truth here, if it's resonating in your heart and you're seeing the, the spirit, use it from, from your word or from his word, from my lips to your heart by way of the spirit of God. If you're hearing truth here, do something with that truth. I want to challenge you to, to step out with it, to, to verbalize it, to, to, to share it, to, to live it, to walk it out. Why? Because there are lost, you have lost friends and loved ones and coworkers that need to see and hear and know the love of Christ. They're, they're lost and don't even know it because they still have this goodness scale in their mind. If the good outweighs the bad, they're okay. That's another alternative truth that is never, is never found in, inside the pages of this book. Uh, yet many of our world believe that if the good outweighs the bad, we're, we're all going to work out. It's all going to work out in the end for us, isn't it? Well, no, it's not according to what, what the scripture says. We either know him or we don't. We're going to stand before the Lord one of these days, you and I as believers, and hear him say, here's what I gave you. Here's what I poured into you. Here's what I sowed into you. Here's what's in your hand. Now, what'd you do with it? You look at it? You pet it? Did you feed it or did you squeeze the sponge out and go back and get some more and squeeze it out again and go back and get some more and squeeze it out again? Did you use it? Did you bring teeth to it? Did you give voice to it? Did you apply it to how you live your life, make decisions, raise your kids, what you do with money? Are those are the principles of this book being lived out and shared in your life and in your walk and in your world? What did you do with what I gave you? That's what the beam of judgment seat of Christ is going to look like. I fear for many of us uh, that we're hearing but not heeding. We're, we're acknowledging but not applying the truth of Scripture. Because I, I dare say that most of us today, you look at God's Word and you hear what you hear from, from teaching here on Sundays or from a small group, and you for the most part agree with those things. Yet, if we don't fill the vacuum with something that's this, this truth vacuum, if we don't fill it with some absolute truth, we're the ones to blame. Not a world who, who's seeking alternatives, not a world who's trying to redefine those things. It's you and I to blame. It's the church. It's, it's believers who, who know better, believe better, but refuse to live any different than our culture is living. I want to challenge you today to step into that truth vacuum with the truth of Scripture and how that looks in your world, in your witness, and in your walk. Let's pray. Father, today, would you challenge our hearts and minds to move beyond just acknowledgement into action? Action such that the vacuum of truth that our culture is perpetuating and seemingly getting worse with every day, week by week, month by month, that calls us, it should call, call, cause us to, to see folks around us that we work with, perhaps even family members that don't know you as Savior, and see how vitally important it is to live and walk out truth in front of them. Not only the truth that you're coming again, but the truth that you died for our sins. The truth that you live, you rose on the third day to give us life and, and to be a picture for us of the resurrection that's coming our way again. The expectation of your return, yes, that's true, but we're left here and now until then. What are we doing? Are we just hearing and not heeding? 
Are we just acknowledging, but we're not aware? We're, we're, we're still naive to the fact of what's going on around us. Give us the courage to, as you open the door, situation after situation, to speak truth into a world that's full of lies, a world that's full of myths, a world that has itching ears and teachers teaching all kind of garbage that folks are just laughing up uh, one day after the other. Give us the courage to step into that place with who you are and what your word says and with the story, ours, of a changed life. I've applied his truth to my life and here's what it's done for me. Here's what, it's, here's what he's done in me and what he, here's what he's showing me. Here's what he's teaching me. Give us the courage to step into this truth vacuum with truth that matters, that'll change them for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 